Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Charger Football Podcast, hosted by Andy Dietrich with Coach Doug Dinan. This week, we are joined by Carroll Senior Co-Captain and Offensive Lineman Orion Chenery. The Charger Football Podcast is sponsored by OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School. Last Friday night, the Chargers traveled to the newly constructed Shields Field on the campus of Bishop Dwinger High School to take on the 3-1 Saints. The Saints formerly shared Zollner Stadium with Concordia Lutheran High School, but Dwinger now has a home stadium of their own. Shields Field had a great atmosphere, especially since it was the homecoming game for Dwinger, and we look forward to playing there in the years to come. The football game featured two good defenses going to toe-to-toe and stifling their opposing offense. Both the Chargers and the Saints had legitimate scoring chances in the first half, but penalties and strong defense kept the score 0-0 until Dwinger kicked a 39-field goal at the end of the half to head to the locker room with a 3-0 lead. The start of the second half featured more of the same, but the Chargers were able to tie the score when Trevor Horton nailed a 41-yard field goal to tie it at 3-3 with 5 minutes and 38 seconds left in the third quarter. On the next Charger drive, Carroll had a first and goal but had to settle for a 22-yard field goal try. Unfortunately, the attempt was blocked, giving the Saints the ball at their own 10-yard line with 101 to play in the third and the score tied at 3-all. The Saints then used 19 plays and nearly 12 minutes of game time to score the only touchdown of the game for a 10-3 lead with just 144 left to play. The Chargers were able to get the ball down to the Saints 15-yard line but were unable to hit pay dirt as Dwinger came away with the 10-3 victory. On offense, quarterback Jeffrey Becker went 13-30 of for 188 yards and one interception. Bowden Height caught four passes. Mason Engler and Leighton Mitchell each caught three. On defense, linebacker Hunter Mertz had 12 tackles. Lincoln Lass had six tackles. And both Matthew Ottenweller and Larry Seibel had five tackles and a quarterback sack. Ray Vollmer also made an interception. After this message from the Charger Game Day store, we'll hear what Coach Doug Dynan has to say about the game against Dwinger. Attention Charger fans, do you know how to get Charger gear for yourself or your family? The Charger Game Day Store is your one-stop shop for high-quality Charger items of all kinds. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, flags, blankets, jackets, stickers, and much more. Visit us at all home varsity football games in the store located near the scoreboard or inside during all home volleyball games and boys and girls basketball games. If those times don't work, shopping by appointment can be an option. Be sure to mark your calendar for the sixth annual Charger Blue Christmas Sale that will take place on Saturday, December 14th from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. Check the Charger Game Day Store website on a link from the athletic webpage to check out what we have to help you get your Charger gear on. Well, Coach Dynan, kind of a kind of a strange game on on Friday. Um, Not much scoring, obviously, with the 10 to 3 score. Lots of penalties on both sides. Both teams had multiple touchdown opportunities where they they kind of shot themselves in the foot with a penalty or a mis-execution play like that. And, uh, you know, just just one of those games where one team had to win and one team had to lose. Well, we, we talked a lot, and we even talked today, you know, again, about 
you know, how precious situations are within games, you know, and you, you know, the, the next play is the most important play and you never know when those big plays are and players, even individually, I, I singled out some individuals today and asked them, you know, what's the difference? What's the difference between being a good team and being a great team? And they pointed out some some very good characteristics, you know, but one of them is, you know, you, you've got to make those big plays in, in key situations. However, life doesn't tell you when it's a key situation. That, that's the reality. And it doesn't matter if it's football or if it's algebra or if it's, you know, real life. It, it Life doesn't tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, this is one of those momentums, the, one of those moments when you got to do it now or you're going to look back and you're going to say, boy, if we just would have done that. And, and that was, that was kind of Friday night. You know, there's, there's always about five or six big plays within the game that, you know, you look back and you say, if we would have won those five or six plays, this game would have been a whole lot different. And not only was it, you know, if we would have made five or six plays that I think that, you know, that we would have stopped them or whatever, five or six plays could have put two or three more touchdowns on the board for us. And and that's what we've got to learn. You know, we've got to learn how to make those plays and how to play at that high level all the time. You know, we talk to the team after the game and we talk about the difference, the, that minute difference between being a good team, being a great team. And, and the fact that, you know, we've lost two games by a culmination of, of eight points. And, you know, with a couple of plays, you know, we could be undefeated. But we also talked about, you know, with our with our team and we talked about our players that, you know, this is it. This is this is this is who we are. This is our team. This is this is, you know, the guys that we have and, and you've got to rally around it. And, you know, and, and the saying is, you know, you're all we got and you're all we need. And that's the way that we've got to wrap ourselves around every situation, whether it be a win, whether it be a loss. You know, somebody once said there's winning and then there's learning. And and that's where we're at. We're, we're learning from situations. We're learning from mistakes. You know, we're, we're learning from, you know, things that we could do better, you know, whether that be in practice or in game or in the classroom or relationships with others. You know, we're always learning at how to do things better. And it was a good game. It was a hard fought game, you know, talking specifically about that game. You know, it's a defensive struggle. You know, Bishop Dwanger is a very good football team. You know, we, we needed to be better on the offensive line. We needed to be able to run the ball. You know, and again, just a couple more plays here and there. I thought our defense played very well. They were on the field a lot. You know, but, you know, with at the end, what mattered was, you know, how hard they played and the resolve that each player had for each other, and that showed. Kind of the key part of the game was – you know, in the third quarter, uh, right, really late in the third quarter, almost to the beginning of the, fir- of the fourth quarter, if I can remember, uh, we drove it down short and had a chip shot field goal, and it was it was blocked, and that maintained the uh, the three to three score. And if we would have made that, we would have had the lead at six to three. Huge, huge momentum situation in the game. Absolutely, it yeah. was uh, that. That blocked field goal not only would have put us up, but, you know, them blocking it, it gave them all the momentum that they needed, you know, at that point. Yeah, because we had them on their heels a little bit. I mean, we drove that in tight and we were looking, you know, potentially a chance for a touchdown. But we had a, you know, we got a really good uh, place kicker in, in Horton and it was, 
you know, kid just came from the outside, made a good play and blocked it. You know, it's just one of those, you know, five or six plays. But Dwinger, they only got the ball on the 10, so they were 90 yards from, from the end zone. And they went on a, a really long drive, 19 plays, went 90 yards, took about 11 and a half minutes. And it just felt like a death by a thousand cuts. I, I think they uh, converted on two fourth downs by millimeters, just barely made it. And uh, it was, that was a play where, you know, the kids finally got a little tired and they, they just bent, 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 and just finally broke. And then we had the ball with, I think, with like three minutes to go and, and took it down for a chance to win and just couldn't get it in. So, you know, talk about that fourth quarter because that was kind of pivotal. Well, there was only, as you said, there was only two drives in the fourth quarter. I mean, they they had the ball for, you know, I believe, like you said, it was 19 plays, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, they they – took care of the clock. They took care of first down situations. And, you know, again, you know, you look back and, and every little play is a significant play. You know, if you make a stop, if you, you know, get a three and out, if you get the, you know, get a stop to where the defense gets off the field and the offense has the ball back, then, then another situation. But, you know, they drive it down. They converted a couple of fourth downs, as you pointed out. And, you know, they give the ball to uh, Hayden Ellinger and he runs it in for, you know, a few yards out for a touchdown. But and there was only there was there was, if I'm not mistaken, there was less than two minutes to go. But our our kids showed great resolve. And, you know, we talked about those situations that we practice all the time. We practice a two minute drill every Thursday. And, and that's not unique to us. I'm sure that probably 90 percent of the people do it in, you know, in, in the United States and high school football. But, you know, our kids have been through those situations and they understood what they had to do and they handled the. The clock management was excellent, and you know we we drove all the way down, and were in situation that we could score, and and just didn't capitalize. Um, you know, and I, and I think that our drive was about twelve plays as well. And so those, you know, those two those two drives by both teams, you know, just showed the 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 tenacity that both teams had throughout the game and how close it was and. You know, the, the unwillingness to give up even at the last moments, you know, by both teams is what was prevailing on, on Friday night. You know, this game is a perfect example of how hard it is to win a football game. Like, you know, Dwinger's coach, Coach Garrett, is a fantastic football coach. Like, your kids have got to be on their toes when you play them. And, and we were, and it was – you know, it's a one play here, one play there, and that's the difference. And and Dwinger can even say that about the previous week when they lost to Homestead 17 to 15 in a very, very similar game. They just happened to be on the losing end. Well, our conference is a is a very tough conference. And, you know, I and talking with Coach Garrett tonight, you know, at the J V game, and we we were making comparisons to other conferences in the state and and I'm not saying that the SAC is the toughest conference within the state, but there are four really good football teams that are at the top of the conference that are, are playing at a high level. And, you know, to, to be one of those four and to beat one of those four teams is a, is a tall challenge every week. And, you know, to be able to be at your best and to be able to play physical football and to be disciplined and to be able to do those things over and over and over throughout a game it's difficult. It is. It's difficult. We're talking about 16, 17, 18 year old boys, you know, that 
that are playing as well as they can, that are playing physical, that are dealing with high school, that are dealing with education, that are dealing with girlfriends, are dealing with hormones and all those things and getting them to play at a high level, you know, every weekend is, is always a challenge. It is. And, you know, what they show is that they have resolve, that they do care and that they're going to give to each other as much as they can. And they're, they're playing as hard as they can. Friday night was a really, really tough loss. And it's kind of our second uh, tough loss of the season, you know, losing by one point to Snyder. So uh, help us out by, you know, from a coaching standpoint, uh, how do you keep one loss from becoming two? So in other words, you know, this was a tough loss. We don't want it to snowball into, you know, you lose next week and you lose the following week. And then all of a sudden you're on a losing streak. So in other words, how can you get this bad taste out of your players' mouths? Yeah, that's that's kind of the million-dollar question, you know. But, you know, our, our goal always is is to find errors, find weaknesses that we need to work on, understand and identify those things, and, and drive to be better and strive to be better each week and what that is. But it, it all boils down to, and I, I come back to some – some core values, it all comes back to our relationship that we have with our teammates. Because if I have a true bond and a great relationship with my teammates, then then I want to succeed. I want to do well for that teammate. You know, they, they, they ask, you know, men that are in the military, and then they say all the time, it is not about the opponent that you are playing. It is not about the opponent that you are fighting against. It is not about the hate that you have for that the enemy in the war. It, it's all about the love that you have for your teammate and the man right next to you. And, and that's what has to propel us to, to move forward, to be better, and to work harder. You know, the relationship that we have with our teammate. Now, there are details outside of that. There are details that you have to tend to. You have to, again, you have to identify deficiencies you have to identify strengths as well and you have to have persistent and practice that is going to put yourself in situations to where you are going to improve those skills that that's where we're at that's what we're working upon uh, i don't think that that our our players you know in, in moral victory or or not moral victory our players don't look at it as you know we are we're on a downward slump our players know that, you know, we can compete at a high level. There, there's a small, fine line between good and great. And th- that difference between good and great can only be closed. That gap can only be closed when you are efficient and proficient in what you do on a daily basis. I, I like this team. I like their attitude. I like the chemistry. And I expect this group to bounce back and go on a run and be ready to to earn a sectional title and go beyond that. So after the break, we're going to hear from starting center Orion Chinnery. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. From diagnosing, repairing, and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting-edge training programs, Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.optimumperformancesports.com. 
OPS, rethink your limits. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this week's special player guest is the starting center and a co-captain, Orion Chinnery. Uh, Orion is a member of the offensive line that has played really, really well this year. Uh, they've done a good job at run blocking, and they've especially excelled at pass blocking. Uh, if you ever get a chance to watch the SummitCitySports.com uh, YouTube uh, plays of the game, pay attention to the offensive line. They really do a good job of giving Jeffrey Becker a clean pocket with some very wide open throwing lanes that you could literally drive a school bus through. So without further ado, here is Mr. Orion Chinnery. Hey, glad to be here. So you're a three-year starter on the offensive line. Uh, and mm-hmm. this is your third quarterback. So what's it like having three different people that you're hiking it to? Uh, it's been a great experience, actually, working with all three guys, uh, especially my first year with Jack Miguel. He was a great starter to sort of like introduce me to the varsity level. He really helped me with uh, getting my snaps right and learning everything. And it helped me uh, – sort of develop myself as I moved on and as I got new quarterbacks that were learning, especially with Jeffrey now, the sophomore first-year starter. It's great having him back there. So let's talk about that first-year starter. Your previous two quarterbacks that you work with were both seniors and mm-hmm. established players. And now you, you're with a sophomore who, with every game, it's really a new experience for him. Uh, each opponent's mm-hmm. a little different. They all bring their own challenges. And so – you know, as you talk about with uh, with Jack Miguel being uh, kind of a, a leader for you, now you're a leader for Jeffrey. So, kind of talk about that that different dynamic that for the first time in your career, that's what you got to deal with. First of all, it, it's a great experience for me trying to uh, help him out when he sort of uh, gets stressed or anything, which he's actually exceptional at not being uh, worried in the pocket, and not being worried on the field. He's got a great mental for a sophomore starter. So that's one of the things that I've been very happy with because I remember when I was a sophomore, that was one of the things I struggled most with that Jack had to help me a lot with. So it's it's just great having a quarterback that sort of even though he's new and even though he's getting new experiences every time he steps on the field, he also knows what he's doing. He studies a lot of film, it seems, and he kind of knows what's coming. So even though like the role is almost flipped for me with the senior center sophomore quarterback – I feel like he's skilled enough and uh, mature enough that I don't need to do an exceptional amount of sort of support and coaching for him. But I do give him whatever he needs, especially protection. <laughs> that's, a, that's probably the most important thing that you can do. Um, so let's talk about the play of the offensive line. Uh, I think in this year's team, both the offensive line and the defensive line have played really well. And the defensive line has gotten most of the press um, because, you know, couple shutouts on the board and, and they've kept mm. teams low. I mean, last week they only gave up the 10 points, uh, but yeah. offensively, you know, I'm up in the press box and, and I watch the game film every, every uh, weekend so I can prepare for this podcast. And <laughs> I've really noticed that how phenomenal the pass protection is. Like it's ridiculous. The throwing lanes. I mean, you literally can drive a school bus through them. And so mm. as a quarterback, You've got nobody in your face, and you've got nothing but an open space to throw it to. How have you guys been able to do that this year? Uh, Pass protection especially has been something we focused a lot on throughout the entire summer and throughout all of the practices. It's just because, uh, you know, having a young guy back there, 
one of the biggest focuses we had this year was trying to give him like as much time and just ability to focus on the receivers without having to worry about linebackers and defensive linemen coming in hot at him. It just it helps a lot if he's got time and space to work the pocket and make the throws he needs to make without having the additional stress of a defensive player coming at him. Well, I think you guys have done a great job with that. And I've also seen seen the run blocking been pretty good. We've been really good at getting to the edge. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you got yourself and, and a guard and a tackle next to you, but tight end Eddie Bransfield has also helped. So walk us through the details of what it takes to run block compared to pass blocking. Uh, run blocking, it takes a lot more aggression, especially. For a pass block, you uh, shoot at them to start, but you don't want to go downfield because it could be a penalty. So you sort of try and hold them out the line and just put, keep them off the quarterback, extend the pocket for as long as you can. But when you're run blocking, you want to be as aggressive as you possibly can immediately as the ball is snapped and fire off at them and try and blow them off the line of scrimmage so you can make uh, solid holes for the running back. It, it takes a lot better footwork for to end up with a good run block because you just got to be able to run the defensive lineman down the field while you're also keeping your own feeding, keeping your own footing. It's just uh, a lot more power behind a run block than a pass block usually. So out of the two, what's your favorite, pass blocking or run blocking? Uh, personally, my favorite's always been run blocking just because the feeling of driving someone like 10 yards down the field is wonderful. Pass blocking, it's great to uh, – protect Jeff and sit and watch him make some amazing throws. But I've, I've always had a soft spot for taking D linemen all the way down the field, pancaking. So how many pancakes have you had? Because that's not a stat that I keep. That's a good question. I, I don't usually uh, keep too close of a track of mine. But I, I think I'm around four or five on the season, at least good pancakes. <laughs> that's awesome. Cause that's at least one a game and that's got to feel good. So, as a three-year starter in the football program, uh, you've been lucky enough that you're on the field during the Friday nights and, you know, you've been working with the ones during all your practices. But, you know, outside of the practices and the games, you know, there's time in the locker room, there's the preseason stuff, and there's time in the uh, the weight room. So what has Carroll football meant to you with all the time that you've put into it? With all the time over the years that I've poured into Carroll football, it's it's really taught me a lot of things about work ethic, especially, and it's brought a lot of great friendships to me. Some of my best friends that I've met and made, I've been from the football team and just from practicing with them for all summer long, especially I'm going to shout out Kyler Bills here, the great guy. I met. I probably wouldn't have met him at all if I hadn't played football or if I, he hadn't played football. So especially, yeah, friendship and I'd say work ethic are the two biggest things that Carroll football has brought to me. You know, you just gave a shout out to your, your favorite teammate that you've had. And yeah, I know you work closely with Coach Nixon and Coach Hershey on the offensive line. So has there been another coach, uh, another position coach, or even Coach Dinan that you, you've come pretty close with during your time as a, a Carroll football charger? I'd say an, another coach that I just really enjoyed my time with for pra- time practicing is uh, the defensive line coach, Coach McCurr, also teaches at the school. He's, he's a really funny guy, and he's great at making the practices entertaining, even when they can be uh, sort of grueling, especially during the hot summer practices. He, uh, he really spices it up, makes it a lot more entertaining for us when we work with the defensive line. He's a good dude. He's an absolutely good dude. Mm-hmm. All right, so as a senior, you're going to graduate – in June, and you you have some post-graduation plans. So, you know, when you're done as a Carroll Charger, what's your plans after high school? My plans after high school, I want to attend Purdue University. 
and study either chemistry or biochemistry. I haven't really decided at this point. And eventually I'd like to go to medical school, become a doctor. All right. So you want to be a future doctor. And I think that's an awesome, awesome choice. I I used to teach the biomed stuff at Carroll High School. So if you get into medical school, what kind of doctor would you like to become? I'm thinking about specializing either in cardiology or just something. Uh, Cardiology, I think, is my main focus at this point, just because ever since an HBS class that I had my sophomore year, yeah, sophomore year, I, I was always really interested with the heart. So I think, I think that'll probably be the thing for me. You know, with the, with the many Americans that have heart disease, um, the more good doctors we have, the better. It's a job that we need. Uh, Orion, um, <laughs> unfortunately, I've been out of the classroom um, too long. Or I would have been your, uh, you probably your MI instructor when you were a junior. And this is honestly the first time I've gotten to talk mm-hmm. to you. you know, there's too many of these football players. I only know them from the number that's on their uniform, and they're wearing a helmet, so you never get to see their faces. But this mm-hmm. has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And um, please continue to play as well as you had this senior year. Thank you. Uh, do well in school and uh, kick butt at Purdue and get yourself into medical school. So thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. From diagnosing, repairing, and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting-edge training programs, Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.optimumperformancesports.com. OPS, rethink your limits all right this coming friday the boys are going to travel to Southside. uh south side has a special place in my heart it's where i spent the first 10 years of my teaching career so south side and the, those um, halls of ivy are always going to be special to me so coach tell us what to expect from the archers you know south side is a is a program a school that is draped in tradition they really are i mean they've had championships and, and, you know, they've always had, you know, great athletic teams. Um, you know, right, right now, you know, they're, they're a team that is coming off of a win. You know, they had a win versus Wayne um, and congratulations to coach Norfleet and his team, you know, for, for getting that victory, you know, but the, the reality is, is that the, our opponent this week is, is not Southside high school. Our opponent is, is the Carroll Chargers. You know, we we have to battle ourselves. We have to work at being better at what we do. Our focus this week has to be on ourselves. Our focus has to be on, you know, taking care of details and, and, and managing our game and manage the offense and manage the defense and the special teams. You know, and you look at each one of those levels and there there is room for improvement at each one of those those levels, you know, offense, defense and special teams. You know, and you can point your finger at specific plays throughout the game to where if if that side of the ball, you know, would have performed better than we would have had this situation. Every one of them. So there's there's never any room for BCD. You know, BCD is blame, complain, and defend. There's no sense in pointing the finger at anybody else because we all have to look at ourselves. We all have to look internally and say, what can I do to be better? What can I do to improve my play? You know, every play, every player, you know, was told tonight that they need to watch huddle. They need to watch film. They need to watch video and identify five plays that they need to improve on 
to close that gap between a good be, to close the gap between being a good and a great team. And and that's the focus this whole week is be better at what we do, be better at being better football players, be better at being good teammates. And, you know, the wins and the losses are going to take care of themselves. That's an outcome. I cannot control the outcomes in our life. The only thing that I can control are my choices and my responses. And we got to make a choice to be better teammates, be better football players and be better on the field on Friday night. Yeah. An athlete can only do two things. They can get better or they can get worse. And the goal is keep striving to be better, striving to get towards perfection. Well, have a great week of practice coach and let's get ready to take on those archers. All right. Thanks very much, Andy. We would like to thank our athletic trainers, Steve Lubyhusen, Michaela Hoffman, and Jordan Redding, who along with OPS and the doctors of Fort Wayne Orthopedics provide all the sports medicine services for Northwest Allen County Schools. Go where the Chargers go. I had, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I had a great thought in my head. Now I got to remember what it was. Oh, crap. Oh, shoot. Oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> it was one of those I was going to really sound smart. I just lost Good thing it. you can pause this thing. And, yeah, this, uh, and no, this may show splice up Splice it the in end. later. Something stupid. Oh. Uh, you know what? It must not have been that good. Have you listened to any of the podcasts in a previous uh, last season or the episodes this season? Uh, no. No, I haven't. You're just like Seibel. <laughs>